This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Welcome to Through the Ringer. I am your host, Tate Frazier, and we are live in Las Vegas from NBA Summer League. And today we have a jam-packed show. We have three great guests. We have our guy, Waz, coming on to talk about Wimby versus Brittany. We have Zach Collins, starting center for the San Antonio Spurs, coming on to talk about Wimby and what the Spurs will look like this year. And we're going to also have KOC Kevin O'Connor come on and talk about the winners and the losers of the offseason. Again, this is Through the Ringer. Let's get to it. All right, joining us now on Through the Ringer, you've seen him before on the show, and we're sitting in Las Vegas right now. I am petrified because I have a huge uh, drop right behind me, precipitous fall, but he is the great Waz, <laughs> as you know, on the Ringer Podcast Network and the Ringer sure. Network at large. Waz, how you doing, man? I'm doing amazing, man. Summer League is my favorite NBA <laughs> holiday, so I'm happy. It's like it's like a family reunion of sorts being here, so being down here back again is it's a good time. Yeah, it sounds like you went to J. Cole's concert last night. I did, night. I um, did. I was screaming. I can tell by your voice. Yeah. No role models at the top of my lungs. It was it was it was crazy. Yeah, shout out to Uncle Phil. Always uh <laughs> always, always holding it down. <laughs> always holding it down. Also nice to see J. Cole courtside, right? For uh Wimby's first game in the NBA. Of course. And uh I think a lot of people assumed that game was gonna be the the mm. biggest headline of NBA Summer League. Wimby's first time playing. But what really happened was it involved Wimby, but it started with a, a dinner at catch. Um, and that's why I wanted to talk to you, Oz, because I want to talk about the, the biggest battle happening right now in basketball. It is pop culture. It's NBA. It's pop icons. It's international. It's global. It's whatever you want to call it. But it's Britney Spears versus NBA player, a.k.a. Victor Wimbenyama. So first and foremost, how shocked were you when you saw that headline? I thought it was fake. I thought yes. it was like an onion situation going the on. The onion's not even that funny. You know what I mean? Like, no, <laughs> no one could make this up. Dude, I was like, wait, Britney Spears got slapped. I was confused right. by the headline. But then, you know, you get into it and it's so many mixed signals, <laughs> cross signals, yeah. right? Um, of th things just getting lost in translation, literally. And Britney Spears... 
you know, when you're that famous for that long, you assume everybody knows who you are mm. at all times. And if you run up on somebody to say hi, it's not a big deal. You're Britney freaking Spears. However, she hasn't been popping for a decent amount right. of time. You know, security might not have immediately recognized who she was, and it's their job to protect this dude. But people say like, "Oh, uh, uh, you know, a small woman like that could not hurt a seven foot five dude." I'm like, <laughs> "Have you seen Britney Spears' Instagram? I mean, I, mean, I, like, I think there's seriously. a chance she could have done something." And um, I, this whole story is insane. Like we talked about, Victor Wembanyama's first press conference from <laughs> Las Vegas at NBA Summer League was about Britney Spears. I mean, if you had that on your bingo card, what what even is that? What does that even mean? And the best part about it is, you know, now there's he has like these Britney fans. I would call them stands. They're not really fans. Right. They're they're insane people. If you think Britney's crazy, meet her fans and they're going at this man. And you know, as American basketball fans, a lot of people were, you know, kind of clutching their pearls. They were worried about this French guy who's going to come over. He's going to be insert himself into the goat debate. A lot of people were trying to figure out who's going to stop him. Is it Chet? Is it, you know, who is it going to be? And it turns out it's Britney Spears. Dude. And it all started with a tap on the shoulder. You know what I think Allegedly. is... You know what I think is the most interesting part of it is that I don't think Britney Spears runs up on Anthony Edwards no. two and three years ago, right? I think Not just, even Zion. Right. I right. just think it speaks to the power of Wembenyama's celebrity already that mm. even a Britney Spears knows who he is and kind of wants to fan out <laughs> and run up on right. him, right? And I think that's what's um, <laughs> different about... Wemby and what what's happening with him on the Spurs now it's like even yesterday the first game you were there the crowd was insane yeah. people were losing their absolute minds praying that this guy would just make a three-pointer or something <laughs> it, it like it, it was almost like watching the Beatles for the first time if the Beatles flopped yeah it's like uh yeah if the Beatles went out there and they were kind of out of tune and everyone's <laughs> like okay well this is what we waited for you know this is what we're looking for and it, and it honestly comes back to like a larger question about the pressure of being a 19 year old coming yeah. to a different country yeah. playing a different sport really yep. like the FIBA game is totally different than the NBA game yep. so there's a lot of uh you know he's got to get used to that but do you think it had any impact I know some people have speculated, but do you think just kind of that hoopla? Obviously, like there was, you know, contradictions in the statements and then Britney's coming out. She says that she's not going to file charges, which is nice for Victor. But it was a distraction, right? It's like the definition yeah. of a distraction. Yeah, I think he, you, it sort of showed very early on in the game. It seemed like he had some jitters, but I think that's to be expected. Like when you feel packed. like the whole world is watching you. And, you know, you, you got to go out there and perform. He felt, It felt like he was a little bit off of his game, but that's to be expected, man. He's a young guy. All of this stuff is brand new to him. As much as he thought he was some famous, you know, well-known guy in France, like this is a whole different level of a fishbowl. And so I'm not surprised it um, affected his performance at NBA Summer League day one. But I think the young man has a bright future ahead of him. Absolutely. But do you think that Britney Spears watched the game? I think that was the other big question. Do you think Britney was watching and she was trying to prey on his downfall? Because, she absolutely watched yeah, that game. Good. 
I she's, think so. She absolutely. She's from Louisiana. She likes sports. <laughs> she has right? absolutely. Yes, she has she absolutely read every single press accounting of the situation. Yes. And included in that, it's like he's in Las Vegas to play this game, blah, 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 blah. So she definitely had the voodoo dolls ready and <laughs> um, cursed that man's performance last night. Are we worried long term that like Britney Spears versus Wimby, like he's going to have to deal with this for the rest of his career? Like he's going to, every time he posts something on Instagram, and he's like, great game, great win last night, fellas. Like, glad we beat the Blazers. It's like Britney fans, like, shut up. Like, respect Britney. You know, she's a bigger star than you. Do you think this is going to hang over his head or is it going to be a blip and not a bomb? So I'm old enough to have seen Nas and Jay-Z make mm. up, Meek Mill and Drake right. made up. Right. I believe that Time heals all Wendy and Britney can come together Call a truce. I don't know what their collaboration would be because can Wimby rap? Maybe he'll do. Remember Tony Parker used to rap. Maybe yeah. Tony Parker and, writes and Tony's some French his bars. Guy. Like Tony, Tony is the one of the people that he had his jersey when he was a of kid. Course. It made him a Spurs fan. He looked up. Get to Wimby him. on a track. I think that that'll solve everything. Or at right. least put him in a music video, make him a love interest mm. in the video, like a Tyson <laughs> Beckford type of situation. Wimby, avoid that at all costs. Please, <laughs> please don't do that. Do you think there is any sort of uh, PR calculation here from Britney? Do you think that she sees the hot new ticket? Everyone's talking about him. Again, Britney used to have residency in Vegas. Yeah. Doesn't have it anymore, obviously. <laughs> Dang, um, but on. do you think that she saw this moment was like, this is my last <laughs> chance. This is, uh, let me tell Tap back in here. I'm never surprised. Celebrities are wild. By the cynicism of celebrity. Mm. I, I will never be surprised. Narcissism's by, a hell of a drug. It is what it is. Like people, when once people touch that fame drug, it's hard to let it go. And it becomes one of those things where all attention is good attention. I'm not trying to cast aspersions on Britney Spears mm. specifically. I'm team Britney, by the way. I just want to put that out there. Oh, so you're going against Wimby. Well, I just, look, I'm a USA basketball guy so I, okay. I have to defend okay. USA basketball I did not think it would happen like this but I'm glad okay. that Brittany is also a USA basketball fan she was like this okay. is what we needed okay. this is what we all needed well I think one well, last stand I, I think I think cooler heads will eventually <laughs> prevail and and everything will be okay but that is just an incredible way to start your career in the NBA with a beef with Britney Spears of all people somebody oh. call Christina Aguilera it's she's got to be around somewhere where is that genie and where is that bottle we do not know we will figure that out uh quickly let's talk some basketball about Wimby because uh you know Britney Spears aside he did play we did see it he goes what two for 13 nine <laughs> points um not exactly stellar from from any means but you know he did show up he had some nice you know defensive moments yeah. in general so we're not freaking out right now we're not hitting the panic button on Wimby I mean to freak out after one summer league game would be probably a mistake. Probably dumb. Probably. Yeah. Um, but but they'll the, do it. People will do it. I know. I, I mean, I'm one of those people. I, mm -hmm. I called Josh Giddy a bust after like two, two possessions because he got ripped at half court. But no, what I want to say is <laughs> Wemby is not going to be some offensive 
powerhouse in his rookie year in the NBA, right? So we should expect some growing pains on that end. But I think he can be very impactful from day one on defense. And I think he showed some of that yesterday. You even seen him block a three-point shot of a 6'10 guy mm -hmm. yesterday. These are things that you just don't see in our league every single day. So, you know, I think yesterday was indicative of a young guy in a big moment, maybe getting a little bit too big for him, but it's a long way to go. I, I think he's going to be fine. And I've seen a lot of conversations about him being very Spursian. Um, do you think for his sake that he is like going to try to get off the radar? Because we need to know Tim Duncan lives in San Antonio and nobody even knows. I don't think so. I think Nike... And the people behind him are completely invested in him not being off the right. radar. Like, they want him to be the as visible as possible. And it's already happening. You know, um, pop stars are running into this guy. So he's good. He He's he's not going to shy away from the spotlight. He wants all of this. I don't know if you watched his interview with J.J. Redick. He was like, look, I'm preparing for this. Mm -hmm. I'm ready for this. I want this. So he's trying to make himself into an international, global phenomenon. And so, no, he will not be under wraps. At the Riverwalk. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, uh, for Wimby's sake, maybe, uh, you know, he can be someone as big as Britney Spears one day. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Let's pray for that. Appreciate you, Waz, and uh, thanks for breaking this Happy down. Happy to be on every time. Of course. Are you surprised? I'm going to ask Waz this. Yes. Because you've been a bit of a, a Wemby skeptic? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> It's, that's healthy, though. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna furrow my brow. That, okay. Yeah, I, okay. I think that's good science. We, yeah. need, we need. We need wazes. But yes. I didn't realize he would draw this sort of crowd and have this sort of celebrity. I knew he would be billed as this great prospect, but he seems to have the hype of not even a Zion, but even like maybe a LeBron. Yeah. No. It does. It does really feel like that because the way that people were waiting with bated breath for him to make one shot or even take a shot, it's pretty crazy. But I think that's indicative of the team he surrounded himself with. Obviously, you can never discount Nike's um, impact on the hype machine and this kind of thing. And so, yeah, people are excited about this guy. He's gotten a ton of media coverage and coverage that isn't just, oh, wow, there's going to be a great player from France coming to the NBA. Like, no, this is the best sports prospect since Jesse Owens, right? <laughs> and so people are excited about it. Yeah, they are. I, I we were talking about where this fits in like the hierarchy of like electric summer league moments. You know, I wasn't in the building for the earthquake game, the Zion game. I was there. Yeah. yeah. I've heard people say that watching it on TV. You could kind of pick it up on that. Lonzo took it to another level, yeah. that class Lonzo's electricity. Yes. The fact that the fact that he was playing for the Lakers, obviously yeah. big difference there. Uh, but Wimmy, when he came into the arena, I felt a little something. I mean, I, like, <laughs> That's I, like, amazing. You could feel, uh, yeah. it just felt like a, the gravity, the, the energy, the yeah. spirit was moving wise. So <laughs> yeah. I'm saying, it's just kind of like that church service where you're like, yeah, we're, we're rolling here. Like, uh, but the game, <laughs> yeah. you know, it which, wasn't quite the same thing as the, yes. the, the Metro Ignite scrimmage from October, which sure. was balls to the wall insane. This one didn't quite live up to that. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, 
all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. The Hargan women seem to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts. Joining us now from Las Vegas at Summer League, he is Spurs center and former 10th pick in the 2017 NBA draft, former Gonzaga uh, Bulldog. He is the great Zach Collins. Zach, thanks for joining the show, man. Appreciate having me, man. Good and, to be here. And you're in your hometown. You just told me this. So you played at Bishop Gorman for four years. You won four state championships, right, at Bishop Gorman? Is that is that correct? Do I have that right? Technically four. I was moved up at the end of the year, my freshman year. I wasn't mm. on varsity all year, but yeah, I moved up. So technically, like... Three and a half. No, you were on the you team. You were on the team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. this, is, this is like your Michael Jordan story. You know, yeah, that he yeah. didn't make the team. It's a little adversity. Right, right, but right, right. And then you started your senior year, and, you know, the rest is history. But I want to talk about Summer League because that's always fascinating. We have, uh, obviously, Wimby, who is your teammate or future teammate coming up. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But just for your um, journey into the league, your 10th pick, your lottery pick, you go to the Blazers. What was that experience like and how much did it kind of just like hit you once you once you got to summer league like oh man I'm in the NBA this is real I think my first game really you know I had a I, I remember it I'll, I'll never forget it it was a kind of a rough rough game for me I missed a lot of shots had some turnovers and um, just didn't really feel comfortable out there and it was a big jump from where I was at in Gonzaga and um, you put in a lot of work pre-draft coming in there and you, you're feeling good about yourself and then I had kind of like a little check there a little wake-up call and like oh this is it's not going to be as easy as, as I might have thought it was so that that was that was the first time and after that you know it just kept getting a little easier a little easier and uh, it was never it wasn't a gradual incline it was ups and downs and and stuff but that was the first moment for sure. yeah and in Gonzaga you know you were the first McDonald's All American to go to Gonzaga which was uh, that was a nice little tidbit that I found I didn't even realize that and when you get to Gonzaga you're playing behind a fifth year guy in Karnowski so you're basically coming off the bench behind you know the star of the team you guys make the national championship so you get to the NBA you get thrust from a six man role to now they want you to be the face of the franchise they want you to take all these shots they want you to be a star how much how much of that was kind of like in your head too where you're like I have to change kind of who I am as a player and it's outside of a team construct yeah I mean it was it was definitely an adjustment you know um you go from I came off the bench a lot in high school up until my senior year my senior year then I started because you had what Chase Jeter was in front of you Chase Jeter yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so I had those two guys in front of me and then so my senior year then I started and then in college went back to the bench and then summer league back to starting and you know so it's it's all those things but you know for me I just tried to keep my game the same whether I was coming off the bench or starting and just try to be ready for wherever they needed me Um, I know in the NBA being a professional is super important (laughs) so I just wanted to kind of you know make sure that people the teams knew they could use me wherever 
Yeah. That was my mindset. And I've seen a lot of conversations, and we'll talk about Wimby here in a second, but they're talking about the big man, and they're talking about how he's got to put on weight to play the five in the NBA. You're, you know, most people assume you'll be the starting center for the Spurs this year upcoming. You've had to put on that weight. You've had to bang. You've had to do all that sort of stuff that a big man is expected to do. How much of, you know, a physical toll does that take, and how much of an adjustment period is that for you trying to put on that weight? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a balance between, you know, putting on weight and but just getting stronger in general. Mm-hmm. I think um, a lot of people might look at a guy's frame and think he's not very strong or powerful. But if he's if he's getting his lifts in all the time and he's and he's strong and his core is really strong, his legs are strong, that'll show up on the, on the basketball court. It may not look good lifting and he may not look super jacked, but that's what's most important. I think that a lot of people get caught up in having to, like, put on weight versus getting strong. So, um I think weight always helps a little bit when someone's leaning on you, but um, but not too much weight. Yeah, that, not, that's the other part. It's like a I mean, fine line, especially when you're so tall. Um, mm-hmm. Your your body really can't take that much more pounding if you put on 40, 50 pounds it wasn't expecting. So um, yeah, it's definitely a line you gotta you gotta walk carefully. But for me, I definitely came in pretty skinny. I came in at like two twenty my rookie year, and now I'm between 240 and 250 all the time so it's definitely it was, it was definitely a change that is uh that's impressive it's it's yeah. you know it's not like just putting on 13 pounds i see i see yeah. all these headlines that come out it's like guy put on 15 pounds guy puts on 20 pounds right, but right. you know there's a there's a fine art to all of it so let's talk about the number one pick the spurs are kind of the the story of summer league because of having Wimbenyama, having you know popovich courtside it's kind of like this resurgence of the spurs in general um i always find summer league fascinating because there's like the mercenaries that are here trying to get their shine right. and then there's the team that's involved so how much um are you and the spurs and everyone that's here trying to like cultivate some sort of environment where it is like a team environment instead of uh you know a bunch of mercenaries going out there i mean you said it man summer league is kind of chaotic you know it's just like you said there's guys fighting for jobs but at the same right. time there's guys that are, that have a roster spot that are just trying to get more reps and just trying to get more familiar with the system so um but yeah in, in Wemby's case i mean it's it's something that he's it's 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 the summer league part of it it's all that all those things we talked about but and and now it's adjusting to what the spurs do and how we play um and it's just adjusting to the nba game in general <laughs> right. for, general for him he's a so, fiba guy so right, it's exactly different. it's completely different so um all those things it, it definitely makes it a little little hectic out there so um yeah, but you know, he'll be fine. You know, we're excited obviously. Yeah, I, everyone seems to be excited and yeah. you know, you know, other than Britney Spears, I think everyone's really <laughs> fired up about it. Um, but Wimby, you know, he gets drafted number 1. Even, you know, the lottery night, the Spurs win the lottery, everyone's celebrating, high-fiving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you yeah. reach out to him once he got drafted or even before just to say, "Hey man, you know, I, I'm here as a resource or anything like that?" Or you just try to let people have their own kind of process? Yeah, I reached out to him when he uh, when he got drafted, just to you know congratulate him and um, tell him how good excited. teammate Zach yeah. Collins put that out headline. Good teammate. Yeah, um, uh, appreciate it. <laughs> um, but yeah, just just reach out, you know, tell him congratulations. You know, I know how I felt when I when I got drafted. It was kind of like a little bit of a relief. You know, you've worked mm-hmm. so hard for your whole life, and I know how hard he's worked. So just to get that, I just wanted to make sure that he enjoyed that night because it only happens once. Um, but then just to also tell him how excited I am to play with him and. Um, he's going to help us so much. So, yeah, yeah, I definitely reached out to him, and then I met him just a couple of days ago. So, And how was that meeting? I mean, like, obviously you know a guy through the media lens, but just to, to see him in person, talk to him in person, have that experience, what, what, what was your big takeaway? What was your first impression of Wimby? So I told my friends, um, 
Like, I know what it's like when you guys dap me up now or give me a hug. <laughs> yeah, you felt that. that You're man, like, I that feel man small. is huge. Like, he, is, he is tall as hell. Like, I'm not used to hugging somebody and like they're, they're on top of me. I felt like a little kid. Um, so, yeah, he, he's just massive, like just super tall. And, um, but he was cool. Like, you know, I told him the same thing. Congrats. Like, good to see you. And he was like, nice to meet you. And, um, but that was really it because we had, you know, I had the vets had our practice. They had their practice. So that was really it. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a good first meet. How sure. much do you guys coordinate? Because, like, you know, I saw DeMar DeRozan and the Bulls. They're all sitting courtside. All the Cavs guys were there yesterday. So how much have you guys as a Spurs unit, the actual team, talked about going to the game, supporting, sitting courtside? Like, is that a coordinated effort? Does it come from the top? Or is it kind of, like, dependent on the players? Yeah, I think we all want to be there to support them. Um, it's, it's definitely just, you know, we, we got to show them that, you know, we're all here as a unit. We're all here as, you know, that's the Spurs way. It's, it's a team game with us. Um, camaraderie, respect, you know, good locker room is all things that we try to we try to preach. So being there for him is important. I got to ask you about your coach because uh, we saw him, my producer and I, Kyle, we saw him yesterday. He was dressed like Adam Sandler. He's got like just bas- big baggy basketball shorts on. He's like wandering around the casino by himself and you forget sometimes like that's one of the greatest coaches ever. Mm-hmm. How fun is it to soak up the knowledge and be around someone like Pop- Popovich? And obviously you had Mark Few in college too. Man, it's 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 like a pinch me moment every day. Mm-hmm. Um, every day we get to talk and and um, have more dialogue, even just outside of basketball. I mean, you've heard the stories of Pop; like he just teaches everything about life, not just basketball. So um, it's it's just great. You know, I couldn't have asked for a better place that you know in this stage of my career to just to keep learning. And you know, the one thing about Pop, you say the way he dresses and the way he <laughs> acts. Like as smart as he is, and as 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 much as he knows the game inside and out. His advice and his game plans are always very simple, very straight up, and um, you kind of you kind of think it's, it's this magical terms that you've never heard any coach <laughs> ever say, but he, he keeps it very simple, and mm-hmm. uh, I think that's that's a big tell on why he's been so good. Are you a big wine guy? Do you like wine? Has, has he tried to force that upon you a little bit? I wouldn't say force, but he definitely <laughs> he just keeps he buying it for wine. you. Our yeah. team dinners are you know <laughs> always the best wine right. is available for us, and uh, he's he's huge to wine, so I've definitely like. I, I'm not a wine guy, but I'm definitely more. I, I definitely like it more now than I ever have. I think it's smart to play into it. You know, yeah. it's like if you don't yeah. even like golf, just go to the course, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And just have fun with it, and just you know, be in the environment and act like you want to be there, right, kind of right, thing. Right. So that would be my advice there. Uh, talk to you about you got injured in some league so you get drafted 10th you come in you play a couple games and I think it was an ankle injury if I remember correctly quad a quad there you go yeah so what was that like because we're dealing with scoot now he's getting an MRI they're figuring that out but when that happens to you what kind of what does that do to just like your mentals I guess when that happens and how do you deal with that fallout or how was it for you obviously it was kind of tough because I had a again I just had a rough start to summer league and I just wanted to kind of play my way into it, keep playing better, and I just I couldn't do it. I, I just got hurt, so um, it was just frustrating. But at the end of the day, it's pebbles. Like you want to be ready for the season, and mm. um, I was able to get my body right and put in a lot more work and and get ready for the year. So it was fine. But in the moment, I was definitely frustrated, and you know, especially for the the top guys, everybody's here to see them. So. They want to come out there and prove to everybody why they were that pick, and now that that's kind of taken away from them. 
it's kind of anticlimactic, but um, it'll come back around. Yeah, and you go to Portland. Um, you know, I, I would say the start of your career was not ideal, probably from your vantage point, but you persevered. Now you've got this great opportunity in San Antonio. You're going to be most likely starting next year. What kind of advice can you give to younger players just about that? Because you get out, and sometimes things are great, and everything's hunky-dory, and you, you shoot right, right to the top, and sometimes it doesn't work out that way. Right. So how did you deal with that, and how did you get yourself in this better situation? <sighs> Just keep going, man. Just, just <laughs> right. It's a just, marathon. Just, just keep showing up. Um, keep showing up. Keep treating people the right way. Keep, keep having a good attitude and being positive. Bring people up around you when, when you're going through stuff. I think when, when, when people see that you're down and mm. they see that you're, 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 you're feeling sorry for yourself, they don't want to be around that, mm. you know. And I think it's really important to have a good positive mindset through it all. Because at the same time, you got to realize everybody's going through something. It's not just you. Like if I think if you isolate yourself and you think poor me, like that's kind of selfish in a way because everybody's going through something, whether it be mm-hmm. injuries, family stuff, money stuff. Like um, so, I think when you put that into perspective, for me in any ways, it, it helped me be much more positive and have actually fun getting through all that. You know, it, it, it was it was a process, but you know, it was fun. And you were in Portland. You're you're with a top seventy five guy and Dame Lillard. Um, you know you weren't there for but for so long. But just being able to witness the way that he works and and being in that franchise and seeing all that from a distance, and then obviously seeing it up close. How you know how important was that for your career also to have someone like that? It was huge, man. Like I, I always tell a story. Like we came in for our first summer league practice, and him and CJ were. You know, our practice was at probably like 10 and, and, and they must have started at seven or eight because we walked mm. in at like nine and they were just drenched in sweat, like <laughs> working middle of the summer. Like they have all the time in the world to just rest and recover and they're going to be playing 40 minutes a night come season time and having to average 20, 25 a game. But they're in the gym working harder than everybody. So just for me to see that day one was huge. Um, and then to go through, you know, four more years of watching how they went through wins and losses, went through ups and downs went through a lot of winning and and how they just stayed kind of here the whole time it, it was it was great for me to see I'll definitely take those 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 experiences with me the rest of my career and you see all the headlines right because you know everyone's talking about Dame this and then you got all the loyalty memes over the years right mm-hmm. so just knowing him personally how funny or you know how, how, how do you view it just knowing the reality of the situation and then the outside looking in and how do you parse through that do you even keep up with free agency or trades and stuff like that as a player or you just try to keep your head in the head in the sand a little bit I'm more of a head in the sand guy and just <laughs> probably, show, it's probably show for the best show yeah. up and, and see who's out there um <laughs> but uh yeah as far as dame goes i mean i know him personally obviously and he's just he's a good dude man at, at his core he's a good person so i i just know that through all this he, he knows he made he made the right decision based on his career and um he's done so much for that city man i i think when people start to pile on all the narratives on social media it, it looks worse than it is right um, there's a reality and then there's yeah, you know yeah, exactly. what the perception is exactly yeah. so i i think he's just He's so mentally tough, too. Nothing is really going to crack this guy. But, um, yeah, it's unfortunate to see all the narratives, you know, because I think up until this point he's had a pretty, you know, flawless image of of who he was as a guy. And now this is kind of, you know, that's kind of taking a hit because of all these narratives. So, but I know everybody who knows him personally has played with him. Like, they, they, they agree. Like, he's a good dude and he'll be fine. 
there's one thing that I have to ask everyone um, that is a veteran, and it's probably one of my favorite things to learn about. It's rookie duties. Um, so when you're a lottery guy and you have rookie duties, you know, it seems like people like to mess with you a little bit more. There might be some, you know, some classic ribbing that goes on. But uh, how excited are you guys with the Spurs to give Wimby some rookie duties? And uh, will he have to deal with that? I mean, is that something that will happen and we'll witness? It's kind of awkward with our team because we're so young. Like, we're all like under 25 I mean I'm 25 but everybody else is under like 23 22 so Mm -hmm. like to be a vet in that age is like it's just a weird feeling so I don't know how it's gonna go but we'll definitely give him something to do just just carry the bags with me you know what I mean maybe you get some strength that way yeah yeah exactly that's the move farmer carry all the bags yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) well that's great uh a couple more things I want to ask you about just not even watching the Spurs but how much are you watching other teams in summer league even guys that you saw get drafted maybe guys you liked in college I mean are you are you watching anyone are you just kind of like it's the offseason I'm turning my brain off a little bit I don't watch anyone in, in, in particular. I, I just try to watch as many games as possible. Mm. I love watching basketball at the end of the day. I'm a fan, um, and I miss it being on TV. So uh, I'm definitely watching all these games. Absolutely. Well, yeah. one last thing. Uh, any predictions for the season? Uh, maybe it could be personal predictions or just like what you expect from the Spurs team in the first year. But what what is something that you're looking forward to, I guess, this season with the Spurs? Looking forward to being better on defense. <laughs> there you go. Well, I think you got some help yeah, uh, exactly. at the rim. That's That'll why be I'm nice. so excited. Yeah. I think we're going to be – Wemby's going to help us so much at the rim. So I'm definitely – we were terrible last year defensively, so I'm mm. excited for that. Well, there you have yeah. it. He's Zach Collins, starting center for the San Antonio Spurs. Las Vegas native, by the way. So that's yes, also great to be back in your hometown. Yes, Appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks man. for having me, man. Of course. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome back to Through the Ringer. As promised at the top of the show, he is our third guest, but maybe our favorite guest on this episode because uh, we're shooting from the hip here because it is the offseason. Look, it's low stakes, KOC. That, that's what it is right now. And we're going to do a little winners and losers. Shout out to our boss, Bill Simmons. This is one of his favorite tropes in the world <laughs> of media. Um, but first and foremost, KOC, how does it feel to be in Vegas for Summer League? Do you feel like you're taking a, It feels like a lot of hope and optimism, right? I love Vegas Summer League. It's the best. <laughs> I mean, everybody here is a hardcore basketball fan. They're right. here to have a good time. Vegas is great for this time of year, man. I love just walking around, seeing people with their jerseys on. I saw a Papa Giannis wow. shirt at, the, at Thomas and Mac the other day. Yes, a jer- <laughs> it was a t-shirt jersey, Papa yes. Giannis. I, I was shocked by that. I'm amazed that it seems like everybody has seen this guy. So if anyone can <laughs> find Papa Giannis, we need him on the show. Maybe he'd be our fourth guest. But uh, that was awesome. The, the funniest part about uh, Summer League also is that you run into random players. Like I saw Ashin the Beat the other day, um, you know Jody Meeks we saw the other night. Um, you know, there's just random people, random just saw players. Zach Collins. I just I just saw <laughs> Zach Collins. Um, so there, there's people everywhere. Uh, we saw Chauncey Billups with golf clubs going to play golf. Wow. Um, is there anyone that you've seen KOC this week where you're like, wow, 
That was a nice little blast from the past. No, not yet. <laughs> no. I made a beeline to my section. Right. You're smart. Sat there and watched the two games. Yeah. Meanwhile, and, I'm and walking it, the concourse with our producer, Kyle, and I'm like, uh, I'm looking for more people with Papa Yana shirts and things like that. So uh, it's always good. But, a lot of Lonzo Ball love, by the way. If you are a oh, fan yeah. of Lonzo Ball, a lot of Lonzo Ball Lakers jerseys uh, in the building out here. Um, but as promised, we talked about winners and losers. I want to start there. So uh, we'll start with the winners first, and then we'll end with the losers. We'll go good news bad news so one of your winners we'll start with your first we're going to do two so your first winner of the offseason I've seen a lot of people talk about the Lakers a lot of people talk about you know maybe even the Warriors with the Chris Paul trade but KOC for you who's one of your winners let's go with the heat role players that have left Miami Max Struess going to the Cleveland Cavaliers Gabe Vincent to the Lakers riding the success of Miami Heat in the playoffs now and they're 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 in both situations now where they get paid Mm. they got good contracts and it's awesome basketball situations for Struess going to the Cavs kind of fitting between Mitchell and Garland in the backcourt and then with Mobley and Allen in the frontcourt Okoro at the wing Struess is that shooter that they need it's perfect for him and Gabe Vincent the spark plug that he was for the heat throughout their postseason run you know he had these hot games he can play make a little bit he's a mm. tough defender that's a hundred percent what the Lakers need and for LeBron James on the offensive end Vincent is such a high IQ player that I think both of these guys they had bi- they had big playoffs then they got big paydays, and now they're in perfect situations still after leaving a team that has championship hopes. Good for them. Yeah, good for them. And it's kind of like the Miami Heat like a mission statement, right? You come here, you work hard, you get in shape, you play your best basketball, you play on a minimum deal or a, in a low salary, and then you go get paid somewhere else, unless you're Duncan Robinson. But it, pretty much everybody <laughs> else goes and gets paid by somebody else. So shout out to those guys. The Cavs in general, I just like what they've done so far in the offseason. I know it's not in vogue to talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers and say how you know you like their team, but I like their team i also like they signed ty jerome in that backcourt so mm-hmm. they they address some things there i like that um we got Jomi back here our social media producer he's a lakers guy he's smiling as you talk about gabe vincent <laughs> how great of an offseason was it for rob palinka you know this was a guy much maligned uh about a year maybe like 16 18 months ago but right now he looks like he's got things figured out in oh, LA. for sure i mean i think with the lakers the rob palinka criticism for the russell westbrook deal i get it at the same time, that was kind of a LeBron James clutch-driven yes. decision. There was a lot uh, of cooks in the kitchen. But yeah. other than that, you look at what the Lakers have done, whether it's undrafted players like Austin Reeves, who they just re-signed on like a real valuable deal. Was it $56 right? million, 54, right? 50, $56 million, And then Max Christie, who throughout Summer League, has looked, good. he looks like a three-level scorer. I mean, like with the way he's developed since college – it's almost happening a lot sooner than could have anticipated. He was a 40% guy off the catch from three in the G League and the NBA last season with limited opportunities for the Lakers squad. But this year in the Summer League, like Christie, how do you not give this guy minutes despite everything the Lakers have added this offseason? Like, are you surprised Christie's looked as good as he has? Because I, I, I didn't see it happening this soon personally, but he looks great. Well, Christie came out, in my opinion, a year too early. But also, if you're Max Christie, mm-hmm. you can convince yourself if I'm going to get a first round grade. I'm going to go play in the NBA and get used to that game. So I know Tom Izzo uh, was very upset about him leaving. Um, five-star guy, someone that they were expected to make that leap in his sophomore year. But he goes to the NBA, plays with the South Bay Lakers,
Lakers. He gets some confidence. And I think the real thing for the Lakers, especially if you're looking at LeBron's timeline, it's now you have pieces that are young, that have value, that you maybe can move at the trade deadline to get you some pieces for a real title run. So if Christie has value, if Jalen hood Shafino has value, if Maxwell Lewis from Pepperdine has value. Colin Castleton. If Colin Castleton has value. (laughs) He's looked pretty good. I love Colin Castleton. (laughs) He's looked good. He was a great player at Florida, and it was kind of weird even coming out. You know, the bigs, as much as we're talking about how important they are, again, someone like Colin Castleton gets overlooked, and now he has potential to maybe go somewhere else and get some playing time. So I like what the Lakers have done, and I know we were talking about the Heat heat guys, but with Gabe Vincent coming in, he's going to have great opportunity as well, and maybe he's even a guy that some teams like, you know, if he's not really fitting in there, they try to move him for someone else. So there's a lot that the Lakers can do. They have flexibility, and it felt like for, you know, maybe even a year ago, it felt like they were a little bit trapped. The the Lakers over time under Palenka have proven to be, with Bust, the brothers in that front office as well, they have proven to be one of the best drafting organizations in all of basketball. And so far, this class that they have, and with last year's with Christie developing, I think they're continuing to prove it again. Yeah, and I loved, uh, you know, we talked to our guy, Jovan Buha, shout out to Jovan, the, the Lakers beat writer. He was just talking about Max and, you know, how much they're, they've been impressed with him in Summer League. And not a lot of people watched the Warriors-Lakers game last night because <laughs> it was after Wimby and people were tired. But he really did show something in his first game here. So shout out to him. It was good to see that. All right, so that's one winner. It's the Miami Heat guys that got paid. Who's your number two winner of the offseason? The Phoenix Suns as a whole, wow. as a team. They, they make the Bradley Beal deal, and people are saying, well, what about their bench? They have all these scores. And then they added so many guys that I'm not remembering all of them off the top of my head. It's impossible, the mm-hmm. long list of guys. Eric Gordon being the big name. They just got Bol Bol, who's a fun player, not a good player, but maybe he can be good in that situation. All the wings that they added, the guys that they brought back, the Suns are now in a position that I feel, I feel like they have depth. They have versatility. They now are in a position with Frank Vogel as their new head coach. If he can get something out of DeAndre Ayton that Monty Williams lost – Vogel now as the head coach of the team has lineup flexibility. He can play big. He can play super small. He can play with rangy wings. So for the Phoenix Suns now in this situation, I think when you talk about how to beat the Denver Nuggets, how do you get past them? It's not about matching size with size. Mm. You can't stop Jokic. You play him single coverage, he kills you. You you double team him, he kills you. The way to beat the Nuggets is going to be doing a better version of what the Suns did when they went to six games in the semifinals last year, and that's with a perimeter-based team that can crush them from three, that can have a guy who gets hot any night, and now with Booker, Durant, Beal, they have those engines, and then they also now have the supporting pieces who can space the floor effectively and make teams pay. It's going to come down to DeAndre Ayton, though. He's not an addition, but they need him to be an additive value this year and not in a minus like he was last year. And Monty Williams and DeAndre Ayton, it just felt like that relationship, for whatever reason, felt fractured at some level. Um, it just felt like the, 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 there was not a whole lot of back and forth and collaboration. So like you said, a new voice in there. Frank Vogel is very defensive-minded, a great defensive coach, obviously an NBA champion, also someone that knows the Los Angeles Lakers very well, especially their top two guys. So that's all also another thing that you kind of have in your back pocket as far as what they have moving forward and 
with when you have three legit stars like that, if you do have injuries because KD is getting older, you know, as the time, you know, father time, you know, involves himself in this, you have some security now. And Booker is still it's Booker's team, right? That's what Beal said. He said, I came here and I'm playing on Devin Booker's team. They, they seem to accept that, understand mm-hmm. that. And what a strange world we live in where Kevin Durant's the number two option. <laughs> I don't think that's true, but that's what they say. Yeah, I mean, sometimes he is, though. That's mm-hmm. the thing with this team, what it's going to be like. Sometimes KD is going to be your second option. There will be nights where Booker is on on verge of a 50.9 and Beal is scorching hot from three where Durant is the best floor spacer in all of basketball and he's playing some small ball center and he's your third option, but he's still Kevin Durant. Mm -hmm. And that's why the Suns, I think, are currently the the true threat to the Nuggets in the Western Conference and more so than the Lakers, who I think we talked about, like they're right there. But the Suns just with their that perimeter, uh, they just they just have so many ways to beat you that I think for Denver it's going to have to be come down to can we just make this team have a poor shooting series like, it would be epic I hope those teams rematch yeah it feels like in my head there's like four teams in the west that if I close my eyes I see them potentially in the finals uh, one is obviously the Lakers I think the Lakers are in there the Suns the defending champions the Nuggets and then the Warriors and I think there is yes. a weird mental part of this with the Suns and the Warriors where if they do match up with Draymond coming back getting his money with Chris Paul now going against his old team if he still is with the Warriors we'll see about that but that could be a fascinating matchup as well so um and you and you mentioned Bull Bull so I mean that that also is a, that's gonna be a fascinating matchup for anyone it'll be super fun at the least right. that's what Bull Bull is he's a fun player yeah he's a summer league superstar uh a, you know a league pass guy that you want to see all right so these are the winners we, we like the winners talk about the losers because you know we live in a society people like to talk about the losers so what is uh what is one of your um teams that would be the loser of the offseason let's go with the sixers but specifically james harden mm. because with harden he his innocent leverage is lost he lost all his leverage right. and he goes into free agents well he go he picks up the player option after you know exploring things you know through back channeling and says oh wait a minute there's nothing out there for me Nobody wants not me even anymore. Houston. You can't even go home. You can't even go to Houston. There's the report about Ime Udoka, who did not want Harden back. Mm-hmm. He didn't think it would work there. So for Harden, he lost all his leverage. He opts in. Then he wants to go to the Clippers. Nothing has happened yet because even the Clippers don't want to give up a heck of a lot for James Harden in his mid-30s with a big payday coming next offseason when they already are kind of like walking on thin ice with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George after shopping Paul George mm. around the draft. So for James Harden... He's the biggest loser of the offseason, and in my opinion, considering where he was just a few years ago at the peak of his powers, and now we're seeing that decline and now the lack of interest. And you got Daryl Morey, who obviously has a long relationship with James Harden. I, I saw at the Michael Rubin's White Party that they were having like a little meeting with the owner there, and they were talking about things apparently with him and James Harden. So if he does you know, play this one year out, it's kind of like his last dance with yes. the Sixers. You have Nick Nurse, first-year head coach. What does that even look like? And you have, in case you forgot, the reigning MVP and Joel Embiid coming back. I mean, I think for the Sixers, they could still be a very good team. 
Uh, you know, Tyrese Maxey, if he takes a leap, that could be very helpful for them. They've made some moves around the edges. Bob. Saw him at Summer League, by the way. Oh, Mad Max walking around. Matt, Matt Maxey was also at the white party as yeah, well. Right? He, well, he was at the Aria last yeah, night yeah. taking pictures with the kids. <laughs> He's the best. I mean, I think the Sixers, can, I mean, they're a great regular season team. And the Harden and Bede pick and roll still is a, a very good combination. But Harden is now in a position where after this season, Nick Nurse is going to want to install some more motion concepts. It's not like they're going to be playing like the Warriors or the Kings or anything like that. But with Nick Nurse, with what he did in Toronto, Harden, I'm, I'm not so sure it makes the most sense for him to dominate the ball because that limits Maxi's growth. Mm. So Harden, that's your primary thing. But will you just start shooting threes off the catch? You know, tap into who you were with Oklahoma City years ago. Is that even possible after what you became in Houston and who you still think that you are today as a primary playmaker? I've always been a Harden guy. I love James Harden. He's one of my favorite players of the last 10 years. And I sometimes I feel alone in saying that because so many people hate him and hate his style. But for him, this is an opportunity, whether it's with Philadelphia or a team he gets traded to like the Clippers, show like the next this next phase of your career and then you get paid next summer mm. with Harden I think he needs one more big prove it year and the evolution that he experienced last year with the Sixers as a primary playmaker wasn't quite enough there's still more for him to show yeah, and people forget. I mean, James Harden was a six man and basically Mono Ginobili 2.0 yeah. at one point in his career. Yes. So he, he went from that to being a basically a point guard. And now he's, like you said, might have to revert back to his old ways to be more of a two guard. Just elements. Right. Doesn't have to go fully all into that OKC version, just little pieces of it. Yeah. So that's one loser, James Harden. Apologies to James Harden. We're, like you said, we're big fans. Love um, and your second loser of the offseason the Washington Wizards. J- oh, my just for th- Joe House. My yeah. goodness. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's just for the sheer fact that you have Bradley Beal. It's a no trade clause. They got the most that they could out of the Suns. They got a ton of pick swaps. They bring back. Kool- I like their draft. Yeah, I like I like what they did that, you know, but now you get Bilal Kulabali, who is probably one of the higher upside big swings that you could have had in the lottery. Honestly, I think Bilal Kulabali could be one of the best, like, you know, non favorite rookie of the year bets with mm. the opportunities he could get there. But you get, you know, Jordan Poole. Maybe he can have a big, most improved type of year. He didn't look very happy in his pictures. It's it's not about, you know, he did not. He did not. He looked very sad, actually. He looked very disappointed. It it did make me sad. Pool party's over. There's no life in his eyes in those Mm, photos. It was sad to see. But it's the Wizards are the loser because they just did not get the return for Bradley Beal that you would have hoped to get. And that's because the last two years, he was not the guy we saw score 30 points per game twice in a row. He was not the guy who is an all-star and all-NBA caliber guy who earned that contract. So the Wizards, they give him that deal. They give him the no-trade clause. And it's just unfortunate it resulted in the way that everybody thought it would. But ultimately, the Wizards, hopefully they can spin this into a win with some of the other good stuff that they did. I'm just, you know, it's too bad the Beal stuff didn't result better for them. Yeah, I feel bad for the Wizards. I hope they figure it out. One last thing I want to throw at you before we wrap up here. I want to talk about Giannis quickly. Giannis is in China right now. He's doing the Nike tour. Um, He's a little bit off the radar, but I do think... Posting on threads a lot. Loves threads. (laughs) Big thread guy, Giannis Antetokounmpo. But I do think that is the real story that is happening right now. Um, As you forecast the future Giannis what is he going to do is he going to run it back obviously they get Middleton they kind of keep things steady in Milwaukee Brooke Lopez too right but what does it look like once that group is done for Giannis because he's got a lot more years on the other side I mean I don't know 
I don't know because ultimately right now Brooke Lopez A lot of teams are fishing about mm-hmm. this by the way. Yeah, Brooke Lopez yeah. is in his mid 30s. Chris mm-hmm. Middleton can he return to prior form pre-injury? He was not good after returning last season. Drew Holiday has said he's going to retire after this current contract. We'll see if that ends up actually happening. But for the Bucks they are in a situation right now where these draft picks that they made Livingston, Andre Jackson, neither of those guys have proven to be good shooters. It's a weird fit. They have a rookie head coach and Adrian Griffin, who they got from Toronto. The Bucks are in like a really uncertain position now. And I hope for Giannis that these young players and I hope that the older veterans all kind of work out because I love Giannis. But I'm not overly optimistic about the Bucks situation right now. And I guess this is going to be we're talking Dame, Dame, Dame as the conversation now about loyalty. Giannis has talked about wanting to spend his entire career with the Milwaukee Bucks. Will that hold true in the years to come if things don't pan out in the way that Bucks fans hope that they do? And I will say there are four teams to watch out for when it comes to Giannis because Giannis is one of the guys that is the face of the league. You got to talk about the Lakers. You got to talk about the Bulls. You got to talk about the Knicks. You got to talk about the Heat. So all four of those teams and the NBA at large will be involved to see where he will go. And I think it's good money. It's a good investment to put him in one of those markets. We'll see what happens. It's going to be very interesting. Yeah, we'll see so. if Adam Silver can pull the same levers that David Stern would, right? I would watch out for the <laughs> Chicago Bulls. That's all I'm saying. So there you go. Uh, KOC, appreciate you giving us our winners and losers. It's the offseason. It's low stakes. It's good times. Thanks so much for coming on Through the Ringer, man. Thank you, Dave. There you have it. I uh, I am exhausted. I am worn out. I am trying to get away from this window right now because I am petrified of heights, but it's been a great time. Again, this is NBA Summer League with the whole Ringer crew. This has been Through the Ringer. Appreciate everybody watching, and we will see you next week.